and you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3.30. Stay tuned next for cover to cover, frame to frame. Hello and welcome to another edition of Frame to Frame. My name is Raina Cowan. I'll be here for the next half hour talking about film. And with me today, we're going to talk about San Francisco Indie Fest, something that actually has been going on since 1998. And I have to say, this is the first time that I have... I have covered it, so I'm really very interested in something that's developed over time in a really interesting way. With me, I'm going to have two guests, uh, Jeff Ross, who's the founder and director of San Francisco Indie Fest, and I'll tell you more in a minute, and then Chris Brown, whose film, The Other Kids, a really very extraordinary combination between a fiction documentary, fictionary is I think what he calls it, and we'll hear more about that. So I want to welcome both of you to KPFA. Thanks, Rena. Yeah, thanks for having us. So uh, why don't I start with you, Jeff? Uh, you've been the director of San Francisco Indie Fest for many years. Uh, you also do San Francisco Doc Fest and Another Hole in the Head. That, that's what you do in terms of film, and then it seems like you do a lot of other kinds of media as well. Now, I've interviewed many different people who run film festivals, and they're all kind of looking for a certain kind of uh, image of the film or what they're trying to cover. And I, th- it's very hard to classify exactly what Indie Fest is because there's films that, um, uh, I don't know, sort of maybe defy some kind of categorization in a certain way. And I was wondering how you envisioned it. That's a great description. Films that defy categorization. That is that is exactly what how I would define describe the festival. Um I mean in a way it's a it's a um snapshot of what independent cinema was like in the 90s when I started this thing, you know, in the late 90s. You know, Indiewood was a thing at the time and Actually, this whole festival came about because there wasn't any other place in town that was playing independent films, self-distributed films that didn't come from a distributor. Um, and, uh, and it's sort of stayed the same, with the same focus, even though it's evolved a bit over the years and expanded quite a bit over the years. Um, but yeah, that, that's a great description. It's, we are looking for things that defy categorization. Um, I do like, um, putting together a diverse program of films of all types, you know, documentaries and thrillers and, and horror films and, and romantic comedies and, you know, think coming of age and all, all these things. Um, and, uh, but, but it's kind of like, I, I used to be asked a lot, this was, you know, back in the early aughts, like, what, what is an independent film? What does that mean, independent? And, and, and people don't ask that anymore. It's, it's people sort, we've all sort of accepted, um, the definition and i've always been had to say something along the lines of well i know it i know no one when i see one you know it's and i don't i don't put it uh i don't define it as well it's under this budget or it has no stars in it or it's this first time director a lot of festivals will define their their program that way and we don't we're not quite so strict um it is really is kind of like well what do we like that's out there that's somewhat different than what you can get at the multiplex well I think I read that this year the applications for Sundance Film Festival were somewhere between twelve and fifteen hundred applications of people submitting films to that's, show and that's probably low. 
That's probably low. Okay. I, I, I think they're yeah. more like 3,000, okay. 4,000. They, they get the most of any other festival. I mean, the, uh, some of the festivals in San Francisco get more than 2,000 submissions, you know. Not ours, but other ones. <laughs> <laughs> so then how do you decide what films that you want to show? Do okay. you, does it come from uh, people contacting you, or are you going to other festivals and sort of gleaning? Well, for me, so me personally, I don't. Um, so what I, I am the curator of the curators. So I've put together the team, and that team is tasked with, with putting together the program, and there are five people on it now, so we have five different programmers um, soliciting films or looking at films that are sent to us to consider. And um, and the reason there are so many is because I want diverse viewpoints. There was the early days of IndieFest, I had one programmer, um, and so the festival was basically, well, first it was me, but then when it was not just me, it was just one other guy, and then the, basically it were films that he liked. And so then I got a second programmer, and the, and the two of them were great because they both really disliked each other's selections, and they would argue with me separately. They'd call me up, like, how could you be showing this thing? It's horrible. And each of them would self say this to me. I thought that was great. That was like the best way of putting together a film festival. So now I have five um, um, curators, and they all sort of have different specialties and things that they are really interested in, and so they that gives us this diverse program. So, um, so to answer your question, like those guys, they are they are looking at films that are sent to us. Just people like ask us to consider their film, and then they are also looking out into the wide world of what's what's out there and what is available and what might we be able to show. Well, so then maybe this is a good time to introduce Chris Brown, whose film The Other Kids is one of the films that's showing. Uh, this is his fourth feature, and he was the editor for A River Changing Course. We interviewed the director, Kali... Kalyani Man. Kalyani Man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, many years ago. He's a writer, director, and editor. And his film before this is Fanny, Annie, and Danny, which I haven't had a chance to see, but love the title. So, Other Kids, I think, is a really interesting film. I loved watching this film. Oh, great. Uh, to describe it very briefly, I would say that it's uh, that you went to Sonora and you didn't have a script and you somehow talked to adolescents and they helped you come up with a film that really captures kind of the essence of who they are and at the same time made it so that they're filmic, so that they're interesting, that they're not flat, that they're kind of dynamic, kind of any teenager's dream. <laughs> I love your description. I'm going to use that description because my description of the film is not as good. Oh. Uh, uh, first, thanks for having me on your show. Yes. appreciate it. That's kind of what I did. I, I really um, I wanted to do a high school movie that what, that reflected something of my high school experience that had nothing to do with nerds and jocks and cheerleaders and all those old forums and all and that whole genre and I wanted to do something that was closer to real kids lives and I'm I'm this middle-aged guy and I didn't want it to be my voice I didn't want it to be a nostalgia piece so I I went to Sonora which is an area I love and I found these very talented dynamic kids and we sort of harnessed reality in the service of fiction. I told them to use as much or as little of their own lives uh, from their own struggles as they wanted to, as they felt comfortable using, to create this fictional universe. And the result you see. Well, this is quite confusing to me because it's, it's something... Not just to you. <laughs> that there is a way that if you asked somebody to play themselves, yes. that they would be... Uh, I would think that they would over-dramatize or yes. overdo something. Yes. Uh, I don't feel like any of the characters 
don't feel real. They feel、mm. like real people. So、mm. I'm wondering how you were able to communicate something to them about this idea. You know, I think I was honest about. I've never worked like this. First off, I've never worked like this before. I've always written a script out in a traditional way, and then you know you cast the script and then you you shoot the script. And I knew the shape of what I wanted and the flavor and rhythm of it, but I wasn't sure how to get there. And I was just really honest with the kids. I'm not sure what I'm doing. I'm making this up as I go along. Please help me.、Uh, if I'm doing, if I start to do something, if I start to set up a scene that you feel is unrealistic, something you wouldn't do, just let me know. And they did all the time. They said, "Chris, we would never do this this way." And it's okay. How would you do it? And they would show me. But the question is, I guess, how I would always turn it back on them and try to direct very little, and and sit back and let them go. And in the beginning, it was very uncomfortable for them. They didn't know what to say or where to stand or what to do. And they, in, in the beginning, there was a lot of,、um, "What do we do, Chris? What do you want us to say, Chris?" I said, "Well, you you, you know the character. We talk. We sit and talked for hours and days. You know the character." You 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 know what you want. You know the situation. You know this other character. Go. And it was very uncomfortable. And then they started to loosen up. And the less I told them, the more they brought to the picture. And whenever I would, sometimes I, in the beginning of the process, I would give them a little line or a little try to work in this line. And they would work in that line. It would be the clunkiest, most unrealistic part of the whole thing. So I just stopped doing that. And I treated it when the camera was rolling. I treated it like a documentary, and we did takes. And sometimes we had to film scenes up to four times because I didn't get it right. But it was really about spending a lot of time with people. We all trusted each other. Their families are are in the film. The parents are playing the parents. So, and they had the right to say, "I don't want to use that." If it was too personal or too uncomfortable or embarrassing, they knew they could. Tell me, to, you know, take that out or don't put it in, and I, I wouldn't. I would, you know, respect that. So they felt free enough to be honest and vulnerable. It, it's actually interesting because it seems like there must be something about I don't know what we would say that you weren't a director, but you were a、yeah. I don't know what word they would use、mm. like a、yeah. um, instigator. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Right. Well, an instigator could cause trouble, but there is some way where you you allowed them to to do something in such、mm. a way. So I'm thinking about there's a scene that takes place where there's a A young girl and boy, and they're in bed together.、Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the the girl is somebody who、um, you, you can imagine her from high school as somebody who just seems like she's like really kind of easygoing and popular, and sort of says things that are really a little bit off.、Mm. Uh, and and yet people find her really appealing.、Mm-hmm. And then, but through the course of the film, you realize that actually there's something else there that. Yeah. That you get to know a different part of her, so she goes from relating to this boy in a way that you just think、uh, is both、uh, intimate, ridiculous, adolescent, and fun, and then she she changes into someone who is、mm. um, who's actually struggling with different things in in ways, and so there's an arc, and so I'm wondering how. Not only did you have them play themselves, but you also created a situation where there's an arc of development in each of the characters. So, how did you 
talk to them about that and how did you think about that with them? I went into it with a few things that I wanted to deal with from from my own high school days and friends and and then I I I used some of that but really I started to abandon that as we were shooting and it really became more about them and we just started by just talking just sitting in a room and talking and about their lives and what was going on and about what I asked them what they wanted what they were struggling with what they wanted to maybe work on how they wanted to use the film what would be helpful for you to do how could the film be useful and that was kind of the kernel I gave them an assignment early on I said go home write a scene that write two scenes or ideas for two scenes that sort of deal with struggles in your life and they went home and the next week they came back and they there's just a word or two and we didn't film any of those scenes but those scenes informed me something about the their lives and that those things became kernels and became arcs and and just like you say all the students all the characters have sort of a public self and a private self and i think the film is sort of a process of of unveiling and going to see who what they're really going through and you you think you think you know what people are going through but of course we don't uh, you're listening to Frame to Frame with Raina Cowan, and we're talking about San Francisco Indie Fest with Jeff Ross, and that was Chris Brown, whose film The Other Kids uh, is one of the films showing. So, Jeff, what is it about this film, The Other Kids, that you thought would be particularly good to show at this festival? Well, I loved how he described it as uh, something that they were making up as they went along and, and um, you know, put shoestring, you know, it's, it's based, when I started the festival, the, the, we the festival is set up almost the exact same way as the films that we were showing. I, I, find it, I funded it with credit cards. I also didn't know what I was doing, and it's all, it was all an experiment. And every year, I feel like we're adding something new. That's that's we'll see if it works, and uh, just as as a trial and error. And so I guess that is the sort of thing that we're looking for. We're looking for filmmakers that take chances, um, that experiment um, with new ideas, and um, and aren't just you know going by the book and. Uh, you know, like like in a traditional format. So this is sort of a, a you know perfect um, representation, representative film of the, our festival. Well, so Chris, how did you convince these people to star in this film? How did you find them and specifically choose them? Yeah, I um, I I talked to there, there are two high school systems in this town of, of Sonora, and I talked to the administration and I sort of went through that process and they, after a long approval process they said okay you can come in and sit in and you can um, sit in on drama classes and art classes and you can watch the actors and and you can um, uh, give an assembly for your audition process and I did that and I auditioned for a couple of weekends and I saw probably every eligible kid between 16 and 18 in this town I saw a billion kids and um, they came in with a monologue, and I had them do an improv with another student that I just picked out, and I threw something at them and saw if they sank or swam, and that really decided it. And so acting ability was primary, but I think all of the kids have something beyond just acting ability and intelligence. They have intelligence and humor, and all of them have this fighting spirit. They have this sort of strong spark the strong personal spark and a quiet strength and um and probably on some level i was looking for people who i liked that there there was just an instant oh yeah i like you 
Well, you didn't have to choose them. You also had to choose their parents. I, and I didn't. I didn't know about the parent. You know, I didn't know their parents. That just came later. And so you just you just yeah, went with it. Well, wow. I just went with it. And 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 asked if they'd be interested in it. The parents, if the, the general response was, if my son or daughter's really into this, I'll do it. I'll give it a try. I can't act. I don't. I've never acted before. I've never been on camera. I'll be terrible. I, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. If you want me to stop shooting at any time, I'll stop shooting. If you don't want me to put it in, I won't put it in. We'll just we'll just have fun. We'll go with it. We'll work with it. And it was fantastic. One of the kids uh, is a cutter, and uh, I I can imagine. You know, I don't know how much. Th- the marks and the scars are from real life or not but there is some way where there's a kind of vulnerability that i can imagine that you as the director or instigator as we want to call it is interested in both um, telling a story but also protecting these people who are Mm. kind of playing themselves so how did you negotiate that part with yourself first uh, with your crew and then with um, the kids? It's a great question, and I, honestly, it, it kept me up nights. Um, I, it was the, the main worry, the most difficult aspect of doing this film was I didn't want to do any harm. I didn't want to um, betray anybody. I didn't want to put anyone in a vulnerable place. And um, I had long conversations with friends who were therapists Friends who are just friends, friends who worked with teens about um, the whole process and how to how to do this, and 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 long conversations with the students themselves. They were ready to do. You're talking about the character of Kai, who is a character who who cuts, and he wanted to do this earlier than I was ready to do it, and um, so we worked up to that and we talked about it and we. Um, it took a long time, took months and months before we were ready to shoot that material. But cutting is rampant, and um, uh, there's a lot of consciousness about about girls who cut, but less so about boys who cut. But it's a real thing, and um, there's nothing shameful about it. Um, I think it's misunderstood, and I think by showing it showing that it's real showing people dealing with i've had audience members all over the country come up to me and say that was me that was my daughter that was my son i've had family members crying at the end and um i think opening up a dialogue has been very helpful well so it's such an interesting film because um uh, it's it's so close to here, I guess, in some ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many miles, 100 miles, 200 miles. Yeah, a little over like, like 120 miles. Um, and yet here. the culture is so different. I mean, there's there's people talking about joining the military. There's kids uh, shooting at rifle ranges. Yeah. There's like a whole other kind of world that's playing out so close. Yes. And, and at first I thought, what state are they from? I've got to <laughs> look at the license plates <laughs> And then I look and I was like, oh my goodness, this is California. Everybody has sort of old cars, but there's Mm. like a way that it's like, and somehow there wasn't any snow, which I think Sonora (laughs) does have. Yes, sometimes. What part of the state is Sonora in? It's here. It's, it's, Uh, it's, what part, I mean, where? It's just uh, north of Yosemite. Oh. Yeah, it's just north. Okay. And um, it's it's a classic Wild West town. It was founded in like eighteen. Do you feel like you were catching small town America, or were you? In a way, definitely. I think sort of 
quintess- there's something quintessentially small town America, but very quintessential um, old California, I would say, old west. There's a western, a definite western feel that I sort of vibe with having grown up here. And, um, and and like you say, there's this there's this there's this clash. Uh, I was traveling up there w- at, to, to visit people I know, some family, and there you, you see an old western facade, and I saw a kid um, with a mohawk skateboard by this old western facade, and I thought, that's an image, that's a movie. What's it like? What's that like? What is was it? What's it like to to grow up here? I, I don't think it's I, it's something I hadn't seen. Yeah, so you know, this is a question I think for both of you. I've, uh, of course, there's, there's such a question in documentary films now. What's documentary and what isn't? Where, what is the line? And uh, maybe a few months ago, I interviewed this filmmaker from Iran, who, in order to get uh, her character who she was filming for a long time to not have to get married and disappear she basically paid the dowry fee herself wow to postpone something so that this girl Mm. who was afghani could not have to go back to afghanistan but could stay in iran long enough for this film to be made so that there's a huge range of what is okay in documentary or not so you're actually coming in here with this idea of it's Fictionary. It's half. It's. Uh, it reads like a documentary, but it's not a documentary. There's a way that we probably know the characters and something about them, but we don't. Uh, and uh, and looking through some of the other films, I see that there's ways that ideas of documentary are also being played with. So I'm just wondering how you you each think of this, since certainly before you've worked both um, Chris on both documentary and right. fiction films. Well, I'm personally very interested in experimental documentaries or people who play um, with the with the format and and um, try new things. Um, I'm not a fan, however, of mockumentaries like the Straight Ahead pretending to be a documentary. That I don't like, but I do like um, the you know the mixture or the fiction, you know, some fictionalization or or sort of expanding on something and, and going off and and um, to explore down a path that was maybe suggested by you know what was captured in real life when making a documentary um yeah we do a festival of all documentaries in the summer and uh and it's and you know you can't just show talking head talking head talking heads for two weeks long so i like any i like when people would play with this format a lot um and um on that's that's from the art side and then but for like for your story about the iranian filmmakers like i also think documentaries can be journalism and, and are a really strong um powerful journalism today in 2017 you know that i think a lot of our a lot of the storytelling that's coming through um in, from documentaries is is um helping people see the world in ways that the newspaper used to or you know radio news magazines used to now i think documentaries are doing a lot of that hmm. and and what do you think chris you know like you say i work i i work both in fiction and documentary and i think we're all a little itchy with those boxes and with those distinctions. And I, I just wanted to do something that that was close to documentary but didn't have the strictures where I could go in and, and really change things up. And I think there's so many people who are questioning that line and impatient with those with those forms, those fixed forms. So it's I, I think there are people all over the world investigating this question. And this was just my 
my investigation, my way in, to try to play with that line. And, you know, there's a way where uh, when you look at um, photographs from when you were a kid and your parents Mm. say, this is like what you did. Mm. (laughs) So what do you think it's going to be like for these kids watching your film like Mm. in 10 years? Do you Mm. think that it's going to somehow impact how they viewed their their teenage years in this high school, even though it's not completely real? Or do you think they're able to differentiate that line? It's a great question. I can say that when I I showed them the film before I showed anybody else, we had a screening just for us, just for them, and they, it had been, they were all in college, you know, they're in college now. And their response was, hmm, that was painful but it was real and I think that might be their response in five years I don't know I, I, I like your question of how will that mold their memory and it may I don't know yet I don't know yet so when they said that it was real it meant it was real about the experience of being a teenager their or real and their feelings yeah. but not necessarily what their actual reality was or no not necessarily with every character the the sort of the percentage of reality sort of is different mm. yes of course and i guess that's the maybe that's the issue for us as the audience is that we're always trying to find in a documentary the truth yeah. or something like that yeah. so when that gets played with which of course even in any documentary, how edits get put together, it is being played with, right? So Exactly. So exactly. Uh, you're just sort of putting it more up there front and center. Right, right. So the festival runs February 2nd through February 16th. You have two screenings of your film, not for a couple of weeks. Um, they're at the Roxy February 12th at 2.45 and February 13th at 9.30 at night. Uh, Jeff, are there other films that stand out to you that you want to just briefly mention since there's so many um, films and so many venues, both at, yeah. all in San Francisco? Yeah, so there's almost... I think it's like 35 features and 44 shorts or something like that. So 70 films or so in the festival. And, um, of course, I think they're all great. Um, we Wait a minute. I thought you said there's like five people and they disagree, but you like all of them. I like everything. <laughs> I like everything that has our name on it. If it has any fest name on it, it's very be safe answer, Jim. <laughs> right. Very PR. Yes. <laughs> all, they're all great. So, which is, which of course, you know, when I pick out one, is like, oh, then you have to see this one. Then the other ones are, hey, why didn't you pick out my film? But I will um, mention our opening night film just because it's our opening night film and uh, mm-hmm. um, we're really excited about that one and it's um, it definitely falls into the indie comedy category um, it's not quite so genre defying um, as Chris's film um, but it's very funny and it's very good very well made and uh, we're really excited to have it here the filmmaker will be here um, that's next Thursday night um, at 7 at the Brava Theater um, and then our what's clo- the title of that? oh that is called Folk Hero and Funny Guy thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> Folk Hero and Funny Guy and then our closing night film is called Little Boxes um, which is an indie drama um, about a, a biracial couple and their son moving from the big city to s- sort of small town America and and how they um, you know react to that and also an excellent film so I, if I only have time to highlight a couple I would highlight those two our opening night and our closing night films um, that second film is called Little Boxes and it plays twice um, sec- uh, February, Sunday the uh, what is it 12th and then closing night on the 16th 
Well, so San Francisco Indie Fest runs February 2nd through the 16th. Uh, there are uh, venues include the Alamo Draft House, the Brava Theater, and the Roxy Theater. Their website is sanfranciscoindie.com. This is their 19th independent film festival, and there is something interesting and unusual and inspiring um, for probably everybody in this festival. Uh, and then they, you always have a big Lebowski party. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and that's where there's a big divide. The ones of us who hate Big Lebowski and the yes. ones who love Big Lebowski. I guess they come out. I guess we find out who these people are. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I want to thank both of you for coming. Jeff Ross, the founder and director of San Francisco Indie Fest. Thanks so much thank for joining for us. Me. Thanks so much. For and me. then Chris Brown, who's the director of The Other Kids, a very interesting documentary that plays again uh, February 12th and February 13th. Uh, my name is Raina Cowan. This has been another edition of Frame to Frame, and I'll be back soon. So thanks so much for listening. Given the ever more ominous prospect of the tweeter in chief in charge, KPFA is particularly proud to present feisty Marxist economist Richard Wolf in an evening of lucid economics and caustic wit. You know his work. What could be more timely, more grounding? Wolf will appear Wednesday evening, February 22nd, 7:30, at First Presbyterian Church, 2407 Dana in Berkeley. This KPFA benefit is wheelchair accessible. Hard Knock Radio's Anita Johnson will host. Get tickets at brownpapertickets.com or our beloved Indie Bookshops. February 22nd, Richard Wolf, Lucid Economics, Caustic Wit.